awesome to be with you guys. Just to see the hunger in the room, that's amazing. So it's, it's just a blessing to be with you guys. And my kids are at the back and my wife is somewhere there as well. But with, uh, we, we didn't do family planning that well. So, uh, or I don't know, whatever. So we had, uh, they were born in 2012, 2013, and 2014. So we went for a, a hat trick and... Um, it almost destroyed us, but here we are, you know, so Jesus is alive. <laughs> That's a testimony in itself, so, uh, so it's awesome, and uh, it's just great fun to be here. This is an awesome city. East London is a city with tremendous destiny, do you agree? It really is, isn't it? It's an interesting place. It's the weirdest city I've ever been in, uh, but I do like it because there's an ocean, you know, but it's this prophetic place, and it's just so awesome. Uh, to see what God is doing. I've seen people just moving for the Lord, just being radical, just going for it. And I see unity in the churches. I see relationship among leaders, which is really awesome. It's special. And it's something unique that, that God has given us as a, as a city, but it's for South Africa. It's not just for us, you know. It's something that's supposed to go beyond our, our limits and our borders. And I believe that, that God is going to give us keys to, to unlock this revival that we've all been waiting for. Um, that hearts have been crying out for for more than a century, isn't it? I think it's wrong that we haven't seen revival in fullness since John Lake. You know, that's more than 100 years ago. I think that's wrong. You know, I don't think that's God's heart for us. And I think we're positioned in an incredible season where God wants to release something in South Africa. But He's just looking for people who will say, all right, you know, let's go for it. Let's, let's let go and not, not hold on to the things of the world and just enjoy God. That's it. Let's just do what we said, you know. We said, all our hope is in Him. I like that song. It's an awesome song. Thank you to the worship team, by the way. All our hope is in Him, right? We say these things, we sing these things, we declare these things, and it's awesome. But what does it look like when all our hope is really in Him? You know, what does tomorrow look like when I get up and all my chips are into the kingdom? Like, I don't have any kind of, you know, foot in two places. Everything is in all my trust is really in Him, not just something we say because it sounds cool, and it is cool, but it's easy to say it. It's different to live it, though, you know? And I believe that God is preparing us to become people who, who, who live the talk and who actually start doing the Bible again. You know, there is such an awareness in my heart that God is pulling us back to the Word, right? You know, in the old days, there weren't Google. <laughs> I know, it's a shock, isn't it? No Google. Did, did, you, did you know that there wasn't something like Google? So you couldn't just search a scripture quickly. You actually had to know your Bible. You know, you actually had to know it and then live by it. You know, and I think God is just going to take us back to the simplest of things so that He can push us forward. Amen? And, uh, you know, there's, I have a lot on my heart, so I'm going to see where we end up. Luckily, I have two weeks with you, which is fun. But um, it's so amazing because, you know, uh, it, it's... Being here, you know, you know that better than I do, but East London, the name is Imonti, am I right? And that means mouthpiece, am I right? That's the mouthpiece of Africa, I believe, right? And the first service I get to do in a different church than the ones we, we have in the villages is in Shofar, which is also interesting, Right? So there's this release coming, and, and as we were worshiping, I, I just felt one or two things for you guys I wanted to share. I, I, saw, I saw Jesus standing, and there were these wooden, you know, like 
planks, and I think the right word is planing, scarf. Planing? Right. And I saw Jesus planing, you know, these planks and just positioning it. And I felt like God is showing you something about what's going to happen here. It's almost like the rough edges are going to be removed from people's lives so that they can come into unity with the destiny of the kingdom, right? He's positioning everyone, and He's taking great care with every heart to do it. And I think that's awesome, and that's part of what God wants to do through, through Shofar and through what's happening here in the evenings. You know, I, um, and that thing, somebody spoke about it, but while we were praying at the back, I saw this massive bubble over East London, you know, a big one. And it's been a good one. You know, bubbles aren't always bad. Have you noticed that sometimes God will put you in one? He does. For seasons, He will hide you. He will put you away. Because he wants to do something, he wants to insulate you so that he can work on your heart, right? But I saw this massive bubble and I saw an arrow coming and I believe that's the prophetic that's going to come and it's going to burst the bubble so that what's been kept in, what's been harvested almost, what's been prepared in the city can start moving out, can start reaching different places. And um, I also saw like it looked like while we were worshiping, I saw it like the Lord standing here and he had a, a scarlet cloth. I don't know, it's like linen, you know. And he was standing and he was throwing this thing into the room and just, you know, kind of almost like a whip. And he would, you know, hello. And he would just hit somebody there at the back and then he would knock the next one over. And God is speaking about this will be a place of redemption, a place of restoration, and a place of salvation. You know, salvation is awesome. It's not a once-off thing. It is. We get born again once. But who felt today that you needed salvation again? You just needed help, right? We need help sometimes. You know, we just need help all the time, basically. That's kind of become my most, you know, recent and regular prayer is just help, Jesus. Help. You know, just help, please. <laughs> you know, and I feel that this is going to be a house of redemption, a house of revelation, and the whole thing is there's prophetic significance to this, you know, and I believe that there's a prophetic, I know there's a prophetic grace on this house, but I believe that God is going to really release a prophetic anointing on this place that's going to start moving and it's going to start releasing arrows into different cities and into different nations. It's like God, God has raised you in the prophetic, but He's going to take you to a whole different level where it's more like an Elisha anointing that's going to come to the house. It won't only be prophecy, but it will be prophecy confirmed with signs and wonders. Amen? But it's a prophetic release that God wants to do. Because you see, the prophetic is the thing that's going to break open the supernatural. The prophetic is what's going to turn the hearts back to God. The prophetic is what tells people, hey, behold the Lamb of God. That's prophecy. But He's going to take it to a whole different level so that this thing can go. Because did you know that Nuhun? I don't know if you know that. But Nahun in Hebrew means declaration. So right, I want you to see this. So you live in Imonti, the mouthpiece, with the nearest beach called Declaration in a church called Shofar. Right? I, I think God might be up to something. I think so. Right? That there's a release, there's a sound that needs to go from this place, a trumpet blow, a war cry that needs to be released that says, Behold the Lamb of God, right? That turns the hearts of man back to the Lord Jesus so that we can see it. But it won't only be words, it will be signs and wonders. Isn't that awesome? That excites me, you know? And I feel God wants to tell you, know, it's amazing about Elisha. I'm just rambling, is that all right? What's amazing about Elisha, you know, um, the, the, the testimony around his life was, 
I think it's in 2 Kings chapter 3, that there's this whole war that Elijah stopped basically because God allowed him to hear what was spoken in the king's secret chambers. So the king was so upset, he wanted to, he, he was, who's the mole? That was basically the thing. Who's the mole? Who's the guy we're going to behead? Who told Israel what our plans were? Right? And then one of the servants of the king goes and he says, no, no, no. There's this dude. His name is Elisha. And he even hears what you say in your bedchamber. So, shh, watch out. Isn't that awesome? That's a prophetic. That's a prophetic. When the hidden things become unveiled to the sons of God, and we can start speaking those things so that we stop war, that we stop danger, that we stop the plans of the enemy succeeding. You see, that's the kind of prophetic that I believe God wants to release in this season. It's not just the I feel, which is awesome, I, you know, but it's thus says the Lord. I know we've been taught. I've been through the prophetic. We've been taught. Never say that. I believe God's going to bring it back. Because it's going to be so sure that this is a word from God, that it will be again. Thus says the Lord. You see, I believe that's what God wants to stir. You see, that's what's going to turn a nation again. Will you go with me to um, Exodus chapter 23? That was for free, by the way. It wasn't part, you started the clock. That wasn't part of the message, Andre. All right. Go to Exodus 23, verse 20. I want to pray for you. That's what we want to do. Right? I really believe that God wants to do some things. There's some words of knowledge and, and things, and He wants to release something tonight. Isn't that awesome? All the prophetic words we had beforehand. God really wants to do something. So I want you to open up just to say, God, this is my night, right? Because it is. It is. It's always the right time. Now is the time of the Lord's favor. This is the day of the Lord's salvation. It's, it's now. You know, it doesn't have to be later. Tonight's the night, and we need to let go of all our ideas that he's going to skip me again. He's not going to do it for me. He's going to do it to the guy next to me. No, he's not. He loves you. Listen to me. Look at me. He loves you. He really loves you. He is crazy about you. He said it on the cross. Everyone in this room, you know, even while we were still sinners, he still loved us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? Think about it. We didn't want anything to do with him, and he said, I'm still going to die for you. And he knew some of us would reject him, and he still did it. He loves us. It's this amazing thing. You can't get rid of it. I've tried. I really did in my younger days, but I couldn't get rid of it. He still loved me. I actually told him one day, I said, I want nothing to do with you. I, not once. I've said it a lot of times. I'm like, God, I don't like this idea of pie in the sky when you die. I don't like that idea. So you know what? Bless you. I'm going a different direction. I'm going to have fun. And the thing is, it wasn't fun. You know, it was just horrible, the life of the world. Isn't it a horrible thing? You know, it's proclaimed to be fun, but it's just terrible. It sucks. <laughs> Sin is deceiving. What did I say to you today, that quote? What did the guy say? The problem with deception is it's very deceiving. <laughs> So it looks nice, and in the beginning, it does play nicely with you. Have you noticed sin plays nicely with you in the beginning? It has this way of, of being nice and being kind, and, but it's not. It, it never is. You know, it always leads to one thing, and that's death and destruction of your inner man and the outer man, if he gets his will. Anyway, but God still loved me, 
and he came for me. That's a story for a different day. Exodus 23, verse 20. It says, Behold, are you there? All right. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep and guard you on the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared for you. I want you to hear something here today. This is for every person, and this is a declaration over this house. All right? God has sent the angel. This is the angel of the Lord. This is not a angel. This is the angel of the Lord, which all the clever people believe, and myself, which doesn't make me clever, I just believe that it's Jesus. Because it's the only angel you always see with a capital letter, all right? The angel of the Lord. So Jesus did manifest in the Old Testament, and this is the way. And he says, behold, I'm going to send him to you. Now, we're the lucky ones. We already have him. Say, thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm going to send the angel of the Lord before you. And what is he going to do? First of all, where is he? Before you. Right? Uh, you need to see that. He's not in your past, but he's before you. That's why David says in the Psalms, I'm going to set him as Lord before me. Why? Because you need to set your gaze in a direction and go where you want to go. Because where you look, that's where you're going to go. You know, on this trip to America, I had the privilege of skiing, snow skiing for the first time. That is awesome, by the way. I don't know why South Africa doesn't have snow. I'm really upset with God about that. I'm trying to sort that thing out. All right? So we started this prayer group. No, I'm just kidding. But it would be nice. But here's the thing I've learned about skiing, is that what you look at, you're going to hit. True statement. I, I didn't want to believe the instructor, but then I did it, and I f figured it out. When you look at the tree, you're gonna, you, you actually do re-hit it, which is weird, right? What you look at, you hit. It's this weird thing, but it, it is that way. It's like, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, and you hit the tree. Because you're looking at it. Where is Jesus? Before you. Right? So we need to let go of the past. Because everybody in this room is, room is looking for more. Everybody in this room is looking for a breakthrough. Listen to me. Your breakthrough is not in your past. It's in the present, in the great I am. It's in the future, in the one called Jesus. That's where it is. The I am. He's not the I was. He's the I am. He's present. He's present. Disappointment will hold you out of the flow of the kingdom. Disappointment will keep you in a place where you feel unworthy, where you feel that this is not for you, it's for the guy next to me, I don't know why I deserve it because I'm holding on to my past. It's not the point. You're a son of the present, right? Where is he? Before you. So let's go forward. Let's focus on him. Let's, let's start living differently today. And the past is the past. Let's go. Let go of it. You know? The angel before you to what? To keep and guard you. That's good news. On the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared for you. Every single person in this room has a place prepared for them. God has prepared something for your life. God has prepared something for you as an individual. It is already done. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to prepare. He's prepared it. Do you hear me? That's why you need to look where? Before you. Because it's not in the past, otherwise you would have been, not been seeking for it. So you're still looking. He's prepared something for you, and it's before you. He wants us to step into that place, into the before us place, because He has prepared a place for you, especially for you. This place is awesome, this place is wonderful, this place is filled with Him. Right? 
in the context of what we're reading about, it's speaking of the promised land. Say promised land. All right? Everybody wants it. Am I right? Everybody wants their promised land. Everybody wants to step into that place. And that's awesome. You should. But there's two things I want you to realize because, you know, a while ago God said to me, Henk, the church needs to wake up in South Africa. I'm like, okay, Lord. He said, well, you do it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't really know how. Because I always wake my children up quite gently. And he said, no, no, it won't be gentle. It's going to be a shaking. Because there's great power in the body of Christ. Do you get that? I want, you, I want you to look at the guy next to you. I want you to realize something. We're it. We're it. He's not looking for a next generation. He's not looking for somebody else. He's looking for us. We're it. We're the ones he's going to use to move. I don't think I'm his best choice, but apparently he, he, he decided to use me in a certain area. It's okay. Most of us don't feel we're the best choice. Most of us don't feel we have all our ducks in a row. It doesn't matter. But you're it. I'm sorry. I know. Because you're like, my wife's like, I know him. This is not good for you guys. <laughs> if he's it, we're in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. You know? But we are it. Right? You are his choice. You are his chosen vessel. Everyone in this room, you're his best choice for this place that he has prepared for you. Not for me, for you. And for me. Everyone in this room has a place that God prepared for you specifically that is set apart for you to occupy and to fill and to work the land and to develop it so that it can bring glory to his name. It's not about our comfort. It's not about what suits us or what we feel is best. It's, it's none of those things matter. You see, what matters is that He's prepared a place for you, and He's going before you into that place, and the cost is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Because here's the thing. We always weigh the cost, and we go, it's going to cost me so much, but the effect is what you lose out on is much greater than what it's ever going to cost you. The little sacrifice we need to make is so much smaller than the glory that's awaiting for us in the place that He's prepared for us. You know, what I find is that so many people believe that their promised land is this place where, you know, it's the land of milk and honey, which it is. It's all of those things. But if you remember the Bible, there was a pretty big fight going on for many years within the promised land. Crossing the Jordan wasn't the moment where all the war and struggle and striving stopped. It never did. Crossing the Jordan was the beginning of a different kind of war for a different territory, but it was still a war. Too many people go that my promised land is my job or my husband or my wife or, you know, the perfect job or the perfect amount of finances or cars or whatever it might be. None of those things are wrong. Nothing about it is sinful or... or it's, that's not the point. But your promised land is not a position. It's a place called the realm of the kingdom of God which has come. The kingdom of heaven is the promised land. That's your inheritance. That's your inheritance. I want to take it further. The place that He has prepared for you, where is Jesus seated? Seated at the right hand of God. Where am I? In Him. In heavenly places, at the right hand of God. The right hand of God is the place of His executive 
authority, the place He has prepared for you in the Son is what? Sonship. It's identity. It's Benjamin, the son of my right hand. Do you understand that? Psalm 16, verse 11, it says that there in His presence there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, what? Pleasures forevermore. You're the son of His pleasure. The son of the right hand. In Him, in heavenly places, there's a place that was prepared for you, for the body that was broken, through the blood that you entered into. And suddenly you became a son and daughter of pleasure. And God looks at you and He says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And my name is written there, and your name is written there because of the blood. A place that He has prepared for you. So suddenly your job doesn't really matter that much. Because you understand that you are accepted in the Beloved. That you are loved by God. That you are seated at the right hand. That you have authority because of that seat. And that you have the right to influence any place, anywhere, anytime because of that. Suddenly you're not looking for the promised land anymore, but you realize that the promised land is in you. And wherever you go, you bring it. Isn't that awesome? The kingdom is the promise. He is your shield and your very great reward. It's not something else. It's the kingdom. You see, and if we can get this understanding, it doesn't matter where I place you or where God places you, you're going to be satisfied and happy. You're going to be fulfilled. If you can get this thing tonight, this is so simple, but it could change your life. So many people are complaining and moaning and groaning. And I get it. I get it. I'm there every now and again. You see, but if I get that the kingdom is within, God has prepared the land for me, and that land is not my job. It's just an example. That land is Him. It's the kingdom of heaven. Suddenly things shift. You see, I have a friend. He makes this statement. He says, there was this lady. She was really sick in Mexico. Very sick. And he, and he showed up and, and he introduced himself. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> introduced himself and he said to her, you're in luck. She says, why? She says, because the kingdom of heaven just arrived. That's awesome. Because it's the truth. Where is the kingdom? What did Jesus say? The kingdom is within. So wherever I go, the kingdom is. You see, and I've noticed this. I was in Botswana the weekend before. And something happened. God moved. People got healed. People got born again. There was a lady with tumors in her breast. The tumors are gone. There's a man with metal in his leg after an accident. The metal is gone. They can't find it. That's Botswana. This morning I was in the Transkai with this. So you know what I found? The kingdom. It was right there. People got baptized in the Holy Spirit and they started praying in tongues in this little hut in the village. And here I am tonight, and you know what I'm finding? The kingdom is here. You see, He's prepared a land for us. And the good news is that you carry it wherever you go. 
doesn't mean there won't be a fight every now and again. But we enjoy the fight. That's why Paul said, fight the good fight. It's like, hey, guys, have fun. We're going to fight a lot. It's awesome. The thing is, the devil thinks he wins, but he doesn't. So just enjoy the fight. You know, we should enjoy pulling the sword. We should enjoy using the shield of faith. We should enjoy stepping into these confrontations. But what we do is we withdraw. We say, we don't want to go into that because it feels uncomfortable. I often think about Daniel. You know, I think most pastors, if they would have counseled Daniel, that session would have gone something like this. Daniel, I don't think you're in an awesome environment, Daniel. This Nebuchadnezzar guy is building statues for himself. They're sacrificing kids. It's a really hostile place. Daniel, I think you should get out of there. And what did God say? I don't know. Daniel, this is your place. You're going to turn a kingdom because you're there. There's witches and spiritists and magicians all around you. That's okay, Daniel. I know it sucks, but it's all right. I'm with you. The kingdom is here. Would you stand for me, Daniel? You see, what if God has placed you in this place because He has prepared a land for you called sonship, called the kingdom of heaven, and He's saying to you, listen, I want you to stand exactly where you are and make a difference. I don't want you to run. I don't want you to flee. But I want you to stand up and be a massive light right where you are. Because listen to me, I'm with you. You see, this is exciting stuff. God is with us. He wants to help us. Verse 21. It says, give heed to him. Listen to and obey his voice. Be not rebellious before him or provoke him. Isn't that simple? He says, so here's the key. Just be humble. Don't be rebellious. Just listen to him. Obedience. Isn't this the simplest thing? You know, how does revival come? How does breakthrough come? It's obedience. It's just obedience to whatever God has given you to do that and to do it the best you can and if you don't have a new word, then awesome. Stay to the old, stick to the old one. Until it's done. Because what happens is we get a word from God. Then we face a little bit of confrontation. Then we go, oh, I don't know, I think I missed the Lord. What if you didn't? What if you actually heard God? But you see, there's this guy called the enemy, and he doesn't like you. He dislikes you greatly. And he would do whatever he can to come in the way between you and this promised land deal. But we hit it, and then we go, I don't know, maybe I missed the Lord. But you prayed for how long, and you got that word, and everybody agreed, and now it's like not God anymore. No, it's still God. Resistance doesn't mean you missed it. It just means you're obedient. Right? Are you guys okay? It's very quiet in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I work in the trance car. I get intense very quickly. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> you see, this morning again we had a disappointment. I can tell you about it. Disappointment is part of the walk. You know, I had this guy. I was looking at him. I'm looking for a leader. You'll understand that. 
I'm looking for this guy. I, I saw him, man. God has such a call on his life. He's dreaming prophetic dreams. He's been saved three months. It's like awesome dreams about his destiny, man. Awesome. And I look at this guy, and I know, we all know, we know, this is our guy. This is the pastor, because I'm not a good one. This is the pastor. I can see it, man. And he's come out of Dacha and witchcraft and ancestors and drinking and beating his wife. And they are awesome. They look so good. He's so hungry for God. If I tell him to read Acts chapter, the whole, actually tell him, just read the whole Acts. And he just reads the whole Acts. And I'm like, what do you see? He's like, I see baptism in the Holy Spirit. I see praying in tongues. I see miracles. I'm like, dude, that's you. Do you want it? He's like, yes. See, I was so excited. Then this morning I hear, I come back and I'm like, where's my man? Where is he? I'm like, no, he's back to his old church. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Is it, is, do they like Jesus in that church? I'm like, no, they smoke dacha in that church. And call on ancestors in that church. You see, disappointment is part of the walk. Does that mean we're backing off? Oh, no. In fact, that means we're going to sharpen the sword. <laughs> we're going to charge in a lot harder than we did before. See, that's the way you break the wall. We spoke about the wall. How do you do it? With the hammer. What is that? The word. And you take out the hammer and you knock on that wall until the thing breaks. You stand on the promise of God. Is not my word a hammer? Is not my word a fire, Jeremiah? You see? And we stand on it and we just praise through because God has a promised land for you. And in that land there is miracles, there is healing, there is signs, there is wonders, there is more of God. That's the point. You're a son of the right hand. You're a son of pleasure. You're a son of joy. And in that place is all the things we dream of and we, de we desire. Greater prophetic word, greater everything, but more than that, greater intimacy. Greater fulfillment, right? So how do you get there? By being obedient. For he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Now, this is scary, I know. Say thank you. This is Old Testament. Say hallelujah. All right, good day. All right, but... I, I want you to hear something. We're in a season of grace. We're in this time of jubilee, the favor of the Lord, all those things. This is so awesome, right? But I want to tell you something. God is bringing back the fear of the Lord to the church. And there's always forgiveness in the cross. There's always mercy. There's always grace. Always. I want you to hear that. Did, did you hear me say that? Always. But... When it comes to calling, there are seasons and windows. And I'm saying, God, I, hear my heart. I'm a grace guy. Do you understand that? It's impossible to live without grace. But I do believe we're stepping into a time where the, the seriousness, the intensity of the season is picking up. And God is saying, hey, I really need you to do what I called you to do. Because we're born again. Most of us in this room. So that part is done. Your name is in the book of life. Say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, that's done and dusted. But what is he going to judge you on one day? Is that you build with gold, with silver, with iron? Did you build something that withstood the fire? You see... This is the obedience that God is looking for. All right, let's go on. But, this is good news. Now you can relax. But if you will indeed listen to 
and obey His voice and all that I speak. Isn't that awesome? What's the key? Listen to, obey, hear His voice. Right? What is Jesus saying to you? What is the Word saying to you? I was saying to the guys in Botswana this weekend, like, you don't need a prophetic word to care for the poor. It's right here. You don't need a prophetic word to heal the sick and to win souls and to cast out demons. It's right here. It's normal. It's what you're supposed to do. It's part of this position that you found in the kingdom. It's not just for Andre and the guy up here or the ministry team to heal the sick. It's like people often say, but I don't, I don't think I have the gift of healing. I'm like, dude, you've got the gospel. And there's this guy, and his name is the king, and he said, go out and heal the sick. So <laughs> I don't care about your gifting right now. I'm sorry. Like the other day, I, was in a, I, I have moments. Like, you know, they, they love to introduce me as an evangelist, which I don't mind. That's fine. I'll be that. Uh, whatever. But, but the thing is, sometimes people name you something because they want to put you in a box so that they can feel comfortable about not doing what the gospel say you're supposed to do, which is what? Preach the gospel and win souls for Jesus. But now there's this guy called evangelist, and he makes us all feel comfortable because the job is on him. No, it's on us. Right? Obedience is, is to the Word of God, to the person, the living Word, which is Jesus. We all have a job to do. We all have this responsibility. We all have this joy. Listen to me. It's joy. You've been around people getting born again. Isn't it the most awesome moment? Or people getting baptized, or people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, or just this awesome stuff that happens, and you get to be a part of changing forever. I want you to hear that. You get to be, play a small role in changing the forever of somebody's life. Not like the next 30 years or 10 years or one year. Forever is impacted by you showing up. I mean, how awesome is that? You see, we all have it. We just, just be obedient. Just be obedient. Because what will you do when you're obedient? But if you will listen to and obey and all that I speak, then... I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful? When God hates your enemies, you're in a really good place. The good news is He does. The problem is just sometimes when we're disobedient, we think the guy who's the enemy is actually God. <laughs> you're like, I'm hitting this wall. He's like, it's not a wall, it's me. You're supposed to go that way. I'm like, no, 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 it's a wall where we need to fast and pray and cast out the demon. He's like, no, it's me again. I wanted you to go that way. It's like my little son there, Adam. Oh, boy, he's got the strongest will ever. And we have these moments. Like, literally, I would tell no, really, this is not a joke. He's two and a half years old. I love him. But I would, I would tell him, what's the color of this thing? I would tell people, he's going to say it's black. We're like, no ways, man. He's two and a half. When he looks at me with his little smile, he's like, black. You see, so we have these moments, but every now and again he runs into a wall, and the wall's name's called Daddy. And he's like, I know you think you have a good idea, but it's not happening right now. You see, God does that with us, because he loves us, he protects us, and he's saying, no, I want you to go this way. And in, when we're in that way, your enemies is his enemies. Man, that's awesome. You see, cancer is an enemy of God. Poverty is an enemy of of God. Broken marriages is an enemy of the gospel. Do you hear me? Depression is an enemy 
of the truth. But we need to walk in the ways of God if we want the fruit of Him fighting for us. Do you hear me? Verse 23. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a lot of ites, and I reject them and blot them out. Right? Isn't that awesome? Your enemies just became his enemies. All these ites, it's interesting, I don't have time for it, but if you look at the name, they all speak of the lower nature, the carnal man, the old self. The person you think you are, but you're not, because you're, there's this place prepared for you called sonship, called seated in the right hand of God. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. It's the old nature, the one that thinks I'm powerless, and I'm a sinner, and I'm useless, and I'm a worm. No, you're not. You're awesome. You're filled with God. Psalm 139 says you are filled with awe and wonder. Isn't that something? You are filled with awe and wonder. Why? Because the wonderful thing, wonderful one lives inside of you. So all these things, it's the old self, it's the carnal nature. And then it goes on, it says, You will not, you shall not bow to their gods or serve them or do after their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break them down, their pillars and their images. I want you to get this. Don't play with your past. Don't play with the old self. Kill the thing. Get it done with. Just get it over with. It's not your friend. It's not going to benefit you in the future. Let go of the past, what I began with. Just shoot the thing in the head and move on. Right? Move on. Don't play with it. Don't compromise a little bit. Don't go, I'm just going to try a little bit. No, you're done with the past. You're done with the sins of the past. We're new people now. Following this guy called Jesus into our destiny. We don't have time to play with the past. That's our enemy. And it's his enemy. Then it goes on and he says, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God. Say, yes, we will. We will serve the Lord our God. so awesome about Jesus. You know, he comes in John 17 and he prays that awesome prayer and he goes, he says, Father, everything you've asked of me, I have done. What a life. To come at the end of our days and to say, God, everything you've asked of me, I've done it. We will serve the Lord our God. Wouldn't that be something to stand before him and just say, God, the whole package you had for me, I did it. That's what we want. That's what we're going for. And what will he do? He shall bless your bread and your water. Your sustenance, your provision will be blessed when we do this. What's the first thing we worry about when we think about following Jesus? Provision. And what does he say? I'm going to bless your bread and I'm going to bless your water. I'm going to take care of you. I've got you. I love you. Your enemy is my enemy, remember? 
I'm going to provide for you. You choose what is right. That's the thing. When we choose what is right, what happens? The blessing comes. And we're afraid to choose that because we don't know what's on the other side. But he says, when you do, what, what will I do? I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you new friends. I'm going to give you new people. I'm going to give you whatever. Just choose right. Sometimes we're so deep in the dark with our decisions and bad stuff that we think it's impossible to get out of it. And he says, no, choose me. When number one, your enemies will be my enemies. And I will, I will bless you. I will. What's the next thing he says? And I will take sickness from your midst. That's a good deal. That's a good deal, right? This is not my words. Do you agree? It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. It's right there. I will take sickness from your midst. Sickness means physical, spiritual. It means disease, weakness, woundedness, tiredness. I will take it from your midst. But I know you guys are fine. You don't need that, right? <laughs> Especially on the tired part. We're not tired, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome to not be tired? Wouldn't it be awesome to have energy, to be healthy, not have somebody pray for you for healing, but actually walk in health? To have health in your relationships, health in your finances, health in your, you know, in your relationship with your kids. To be healthy, that sickness will be removed. The wounds will be removed from our hearts, from our emotions. We can be whole people. Well, there's a key here. And then the next verse. None shall lose her young by miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I want you to get this. We're going to just go for the sickness thing, right? But I want you to see something. There's a promise of fruitfulness. There's a promise of multiplication, both physically, but I'm into the spiritual one tonight. Too many peoples have destinies that's been killed, that's been destroyed. Too much miscarriage. Do you hear me? This guy of this morning, that's a miscarriage. That's a miscarriage. How many times have somebody prophesied over you, if you found a word from the Lord, I'm going to do this for God, I'm going to, you know, and we, we start and then suddenly just a little bit in, there's this miscarriage. The wheels come off. But God says, you're, it's not going to happen. You, I'm going to give you fullness of years. And I believe what God wants to restore tonight is that thing. God is speaking into destiny. God is speaking into sonship. And He's saying, listen, I want to awaken something and I want to see birth take place for everyone in this room. The birth of the things of the Spirit. The birth of the promises of God in your life and through your life. Because that's what this promise, this whole piece of Scripture is about. Man, I've been praying this thing for a month. In my own life. Just God. Thank you that you lead me. Thank you that you know where my land is. Thank you that you take me into this place. Thank you that I will serve you, that sickness will be removed from me and my house. Thank you, God, that there will be no miscarriage, Lord, and that I will have fullness of years. If you go on, thank you that you set up my borders and my boundaries. Thank you that you allow me to increase and to fill the land, Lord. In Jesus' name, you see? And in it, I'm fighting for a destiny. I'm fighting for a promise. You understand? 
That's what prayer is. We're standing on the Word of God. So I'm taking my sword, I'm taking my hammer, I'm taking the fire of God, and I'm praying it over my life and over my family. And I'm making the declaration from Nahoon, which is fun, saying that this is the way it's going to be because God spoke it. No more miscarriage. No more. How many of you have stood up in ministry, stood up in something for the Lord, stood up in this new business that you're supposed to do for God, and six months in, it just crashes out? We start doing something for God, and then the provision just ends up. Everything goes wrong. No more. We can't have that anymore. No more for South Africa. That's what's so awesome about this Bloemfontein thing, because they say it's the womb of South Africa. Did you know that? A lot of things were birthed from that place, and suddenly more than a million people pray there. Come on, that is something. Isn't that? We're an awesome country. We're an awesome time. I'm telling you, if you want to do something, now is the time. It really is the time. Just pick up a torch and run. Don't think about it. Just run. He will bless your bread and your water. No more miscarriage. There's momentum in this nation at this moment. There's momentum in your life in this moment. If you step into the Spirit and you say, lead me. Right? God wants to touch us. He wants to. Some of you are barren. Meaning the promise is gone. You don't even know what the promise is anymore. So much disappointment. So many things happen. And God wants to restore that thing tonight. You were made for something greater than just living the way we're living right now. You were made for God. You were made for the right hand. You were made to be a son and a daughter of His pleasure. And it's never about works. But there is something about well done, good and faithful. Servant. What does that mean? He served me well. Right? I believe God wants to impart this thing tonight. And he wants to awaken us and He wants to heal us and He wants to touch us. But we have to say, God, I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to look at this guy called the angel of the Lord, Jesus. I'm going to follow him. Out of my comfort zone, out of what I feel is okay and normal or not. Normal is irrelevant in the kingdom of God. What we judge to be normal, he thinks, is foolishness. It actually says so. What does normal look like? With a God for whom everything is possible. So what does normal look like in his eyes? When he looks at your life and he goes, and we go, oh boy, this is bad. You know, all those ites, not one of them scared God. Not one of those enemies scared God. They're the fiercest nations in the earth from that time. Not one of them scared God. He wasn't concerned about one of them. It wasn't a matter of, will I beat them or won't I? No, I'm going to beat them. The question is, are you going to be obedient and allow me to do it? Or are you going to try and do this thing on your own? You see, your enemy doesn't intimidate God. Your problem is not scary to him. It's scary to you. He wants to take away this miscarriage thing, this barrenness thing. I believe God wants to restore promises tonight, and he's already doing it. He's already doing it, right? 
So I want you to stand if you don't mind. Just, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Just open your hands. All right. Just for a moment, just set your gaze on the Lord. You know, in the worship, that's what we did. We, I love that song. We're stepping through the veil and that awesome word, He's never going to stop healing. Isn't that awesome? That got me crying. He's never going to stop. He's never going to stop being good to you. He's never going to stop being faithful. He's done the work. It's done. All He's saying is, would you look at Him right now? Would you follow Him? Would you just press through and go into what God has for you? No fear, no anxiety. You see, some of us are so afraid of the promise because we're afraid of miscarriage. What if it's too big? What if it doesn't happen? What will my friends say? What will the people say? I said I'm going to do this for God and now I'm not. Forget about it. He's not going to fail us. He's not a man. But he would lie. He's going to come through for us.